You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And returning to the show, our friend from all the way across the pond, who is the uh, writer of the comic Geek Girl, we welcome back Sam Johnson. Sam, th- thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Great to have you back. And we're going to have fun today, because uh, in our normal episodes as of late, what we've been doing is covering uh, pop culture through the decades. So we've already done the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and... Boy, it's time for one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. the 90s. Uh, Easiest remembered and easy to reference because we were all there. (laughs) (laughs) Why it's my favorite. I'm not sure. uh, Do you mind me asking uh, how old you are, Sam? I'm 45. Okay, so then uh, the 90s ought to be pretty fresh for you, right? Pretty fresh, pretty fresh. We'll take it. Awesome. Awesome. Then uh, the comic vault, what do we have to talk about? What do you have, Randy? I've got a James Bond comic. Very good. I've got a uh, comic I just picked up on Free Comic Book Day uh, called Hope by uh, Dirk Manning. You remember Dirk Manning? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. New project by him, so uh, that'll be cool to talk about. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Sam and talk about Geek Girl and everything new with that. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on social media, on Twitter at CandairPod, and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like our show, like what we're doing, you want to show us some support, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandairPod. And for $5 a month, you get access to the Patreon-exclusive Candair Patreon pod. A lot of fun. About 20 episodes on there thus far. So uh, if you if you just can't get enough of us and need more, there's how you do it. There it is. Uh, any cons coming up soon? Not till June, but... But they're coming. They're coming, yep. And for the rest of the year, if you use promo code CANDAIR at checkout, you'll get a cool 10% off. Yeah, yeah. And I always say it, but man, that's a, that's a big help mm-hmm. toward those con purchases. There's a lot of money going into a visit to a con, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, anything else, gentlemen, before we roll on? If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, feel free to give us a like and leave us a review. Um, we're going to start reading those off at the end of the episode. Yeah, and that's going to be a lot of fun to do. I It helps so much to get those reviews. The more reviews we get there, then the more likely we are to be seen mm-hmm. on those bigger formats. So it's not in vain. It's not just pumping up our ego. It's, it's trying to get us more exposure. And it's a great way to support if you don't have extra money to give our way. You can head over to iTunes, give us that review, and like Randy said, we'll read it on the show. So let that be a little bit of incentive for you. All right, with that behind us, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Hold on to your butts. Excellent. Okay, gentlemen, the 90s. I am excited for this, but I'm even more excited to hear uh, what what Sam's offering is to the table. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kick us Uh, off, Sam. What do you got? I might be going a bit obscure for you, Emily, because I don't know if they had much impact in America. Shakespeare's sister? Oh, no. I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) You know, uh, Banana Armor? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the girls out of that 
did this band Shakespeare's Sister, uh, it was much more sort of gothic and uh, alternative. But Stay, Stay was a, a was at number one uh, in the UK for nine weeks. But I, I guess this is completely lost on you. Anyway, this is on my mind because they were one of my favourite bands, and they've, they've just uh, announced they're coming back. So I'm I'm uh, I'm well into that, and I would recommend if you like a bit of uh, alternative. Uh, their 90s stuff is uh, is is uh, is uh, pretty excellent. I would like to hear that actually. It seems familiar, and the title also seems familiar. So I might have heard it, but I can't think of it off off the top of my head. Well, that's, that's your your homework for after. <laughs> Sing go. us a couple of lyrics of it. <laughs> Sing us a tune, <laughs> Sam. Right, that's, that'll just put you off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Music. I mean, in general, in the '90s, what a great thing to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, my God, the bands I was into, just thinking back, and the bands that I, I, I despised. You know, speaking of bands from then that are coming back, aren't the Spice Girls reuniting? I think they are, oh, yeah. God, I hope not. I mean, what a, what, a, what a big staple of the 90s right there in itself. Shoot, speaking of Bananarama, I believe they have an album coming out, too, the local radio station. Okay, yeah, I mean, Bananarama came back with a tour. Spice Girls, again, in, in the UK, is, is big news that they're coming back. But it's um, the thing with the Spice Girls, I mean, first off, they're coming back without Victoria Beckham. So right. it's missing one component. Not that she was exactly a linchpin in the vocal department. Yeah. But it's still, you know, it's, it, it matters. Um, but the thing with Spice Girls, I was into them uh, back in the day, but they're like, of, of all the CDs I've got, they're just about the only one that never gets dug out. It's like, really, at the time, I, I loved um, the whole thing. Um, not the movie, obviously. Uh, but uh, it just it never, I never, ever feel like, oh, I really need to listen to the Spice Girls again. No, no, no. What <laughs> I could listen to, the Spice Girls. No, well, there's a lot of music though, like that. You know, I was really big into the time, Corn uh, and Limp Biscuit. You mm. know, that kind of stuff. It was at the top of its I, popularity. And looking, you know, that stuff I can't really go back and replay. You know, occasionally I'll get yeah. nostalgic, like, oh, I remember that Limp Biscuit song, and I'll play it. I'm like, oh, this is fucking horrible. You know, <laughs> I can't, I can't do this, but. It's funny, uh, just another stamp on a period of time, you yeah. know? I can't remember if this was 90s or 2000s, and it was a bit of an earworm, but do you guys remember Eiffel 65, the I'm Blue? Oh, that was... Abadie. Yes. That was the end of the 90s. It was, like, right on the edge. Didn't one okay. of the Iron Man movies open with that song? Yeah, I think um, Iron Man... Two or three? Two, three with Extremists, I think. I don't know. Because it was a '90s party, maybe. Yes, you're right. It was. was it? it was like a, it was a New Year's Eve '90s yes, party. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chamba Wamba. <laughs> you want to remember Chamba Wamba? Oh, I that love, sounds I great. Love that, the, the hit, uh, and they might be giants. Did a cover of it, which is one of my favorite covers ever. They might be giants. That's a good band, right Heck there. Yeah, they I are. enjoy the fuck yes. out of them. They're yeah, fun. yeah. You hear them few and far between, but when you do, man, it brings back yeah. a whole bunch. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're still, I've followed them for a long time. They're still going. I mean, they had two, like, new records out last year, but it's now kind of sort of like they've got their fans and you just, like, go to their site and, and get it. It's not like, you know, a massive release or anything, but they, they've, you know, built up a strong fan base that they can do that and, and keep touring. And, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. I mean, Bird Ass and Your Soul is, is the absolute classic, but I've, plenty of their stuff I, I like. 
I think anymore a lot of groups are just mainly just the hardcore fans. It's not like it used to be where mm. a CD was released and everyone was at the music store because just with the digital media now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I miss those days so much, mm-hmm. though. I mean, it, it, mind you, it is nice to just wake up and be like, oh, shit, that album's out. Take two steps to the computer, hit buy, and have it. Yeah. But, you know, there was something about, you know, being at the record store mm-hmm. when the doors open to get in there and get your copy or have it reserved so you make sure you get it, you know. Yeah. You're the cool yeah. kid driving around listening to it and nobody else does. Yeah. yeah. And I, do, I mean, I do still, you know, it's not always the case that I can get the the uh, albums I like on CD, but I, I really, it's not the same feel to me if you've just got, like, you know, these digital tracks, whereas if you actually have a physical thing with the artwork I, I much prefer that and whenever i can get it that way i'm, I'm still on my yeah and, you know like uh there's a tom petty collection out now since he's passed uh, american treasure i think it's called and i want it really bad because it's got a lot of good stuff on it but like you're saying i want to have the the hard copy that's one of the mm-hmm. things i want that hard copy in mm-hmm. my hands i want Absolutely. you know the book to look through and everything yeah Sit there and listen, read the lyrics while you're listening to it, laying on the floor with your feet up in the air. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably would. I probably would. But you know, it's funny. Is uh, it used to be that digital music was cheaper than hard copy, and I'm starting to notice it's gone the other way. Oh, it definitely has gone the other now. Way, yeah. You know, like uh, CDs, maybe eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine, ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Which um, not everywhere. I mean, if you still go to the back wall of an FYE, there's still trying their 1899 tactic and well it's kind of where, put them where they are right i mean they're, <laughs> they're kind of selling trinkety bullshit now just to stay afloat <laughs> yeah merge with hot some content. groups are against the digital media like tool they won't they they won't do digital stuff it's right. only by the hard copy acdc was like that i don't did they finally crumble i remember the beatles weren't digital and acdc wasn't digital and obviously the beatles finally crumbled and went that way but i don't know that acdc i'm ever not sure did. about that either i'm about to search itunes i know quick. my father-in-law wanted their new cd of probably three four years ago whatever the last one came out I mean, it. it's one of those stupid things that, I mean, I, I get having pride and principles and whatnot, but come on. If you you're not going to join the digital age of music serious, with fucking yeah. Spotify and Pandora, <laughs> you are going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. I don't care what kind of legacy you have, right? Uh, they must be digital for some aspect because I have a Pandora station of just ACDC. Oh, yeah, they're, they're on part. here. They're on here. All, they're all the fuck over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, okay, get it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. We need money. All right, other things from the 90s other than music. We're going to get back to music, actually. I have a list of um, uh, grunge, 90s grunge band songs for you guys, okay? okay? Some of them are real, some of them aren't. You have to tell me which are real and which Ooh, aren't. Oh, the loser great. has to drink this. Oh, my God. What the hell is that? This is an Orbitz drink from the 90s. Like, OG from the 90s. Like, from the 90s. From the fucking 90s. It's not a reproduction. This is from the 90s. And if you, anyone does not know what this Orbitz drink is, it's it looks like a bottle of corn syrup with styrofoam balls in it. It's like a lava lamp with small balls of lava that mm-hmm. just float. Yes, and somebody will be ingesting this who loses. So Great. That was nice knowing you, Jack. Really... Think. 20 past its sell by date as well. 
There's no expiration on it. I sat there and looked yeah, at it. So I I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's like nuclear, that shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no expiration date means it doesn't expire. What yeah. flavor is it? It should be good. Oh, you know, uh, pineapple, like, of course. Pineapple. It's got like three or four different flavors on it, it said. It could be coconut. Oh, there is coconut in it. Okay, it's you're, like yeah. pineapple, coconut. I pity the son something. of a bitch who has to drink this. Ah, uh, great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might want to get keep something nearby for vomit. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't look like your, it's going to sit well. Your uh, end game. You're not throwing up in my end game, Tim. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> Throw up in the litter box. Yeah. <laughs> Scoop it out. <laughs> All right. Um, another big, a few big things that happened in the 90s. Uh, number one, the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but our TV at home did not change from that for like a year and a half. We didn't watch anything on it. Nothing? Yeah, I had no idea anything was going on. I was at my buddy's house, and in their basement was pretty much our play area. The, that's where all the kids hung out. And I remember going there the one day, and we were downstairs, and his parents were actually down there watching it. And they're like, oh, it's the OJ thing. Right. And I'm like, what? Well, I remember the Bronco chase and just thinking how crazy that was. But then, you know, the trial went on over a year. And then I remember being in school. They they stopped class and they turned on all the TVs in the room so everyone could see the verdict. Oh, that's crazy. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was nuts. And I've talked to other people about this and everyone has the same reaction you guys did. So it makes me wonder, like, why the fuck did our school care so yeah, much? Yeah. Like, why are we stopping class for this? <laughs> that was the biggest news in the town. I really, nothing else Again, going on. the town has three stoplights, right? a gas station. <laughs> we got to focus on something. But also, aside from O.J. Simpson uh, mur- uh, murder trial was the death of Princess Diana. Oh, Holy yeah. shit, that was... In, I don't care where you are in the world, that was heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah. heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, because um, obviously I've been in the UK, I, I, I came back from uh, the, the timing of it when it was reported, I think it was about sort of half two in the morning uh, here, and we'd just come back from a club, and it was like, you know, you're in, obviously in quite a sort of mellow slash drunken state and then you come back switch the tv on and it's like that it's like oh right yeah Uh, yeah i remember just uh staying up watching tv for updates and stuff like i think it was the last one in the family to go to bed that night but i remember right before i flipped off the tv like the guy was reading the news had been handed a piece of paper he just glanced at it and you just saw his like face like start like hanging off Mm. his like skull i was like oh She's gone, you know, oh, and he man. immediately re- read it then. It was so sad. That was so horrible. But, I mean, obviously everyone knows that. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to drag the yeah. show down here. Jeez. And now for a, uh, we're going to listen to Elton John's Candle in the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what do we have, guys? Well, they, there's a, a kind of running joke here uh, that's, that's come up in a couple of comedy shows about every time a celebrity dies and or Elton John redoes Candle in the Wind to <laughs> celebrity and there was a, a, a sort of parody show about the year in review at the end of last year and there was a, a TV show called Rainbow and uh, the uh, the main guy off of that had, had died a kids TV show and, and they, they did a reworked version of of, <laughs> of, uh, of this uh, Jeffrey Hayes uh, I believe his name was, and uh, yeah, I, the the standout line thing was because uh, this is like you know from the like the late seventies this this kids TV show, sure. and the replacement lyric in it was I would have liked to have known you but I was off my head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I would like to hear some more of these parodies. I'm, I'm sure there are some more out there, but Randy, you look like you were getting ready to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I pretty much grew up in the 90s. I was born in 87, and video games were a huge part of my life growing up, um, as I've said before. But um, if you take a look at the list of the most in- influential video games ever made, like a good portion of those are going to be released in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got Doom, Metal Gear Solid, uh, Gran Turismo... Resident Evil, Dance Dance Revolution, uh, Diablo, Baldur's Gate, Myst. It seemed to be when game developers started to care about the game player's experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, like a lot of Atari games or regular Nintendo games, yeah, there's some good games in there, but there are a lot of them that are just fucking impossible. Yeah. It's just repeating levels versus actual... That, either it's sloppy design or it's just something that you can't get two steps in without dying, and no Mm -hmm. matter what you do, like, to beat the game would be a true miracle, a true feat, you know? And we're nowadays, any game you get, if you're, you know, the least bit determined, you're going to get through it, you know? So yeah, it was like born in the '80s and then refined in the '90s. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you had the console wars. You had you know Super Nintendo going up against Sega Genesis. Um, in '64, um, you know Zelda: Green of Time, Pokemon. That you know that hit late '90s. I mean, mm. it was in '64, the yeah. Prodigal Son, yeah. like local multiplayer. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. I still play it quite a bit. Yeah, you know. Um, May have to do a candy arcade on that sometime. On the 64? Yeah. That'd be fun. Sweet. Very good. Video games. Okay, well, here's uh, something that (laughs) is kind of uh, silly, but maybe I'm not alone. I was always such a big fan of, like, when uh, the television networks, like the Fox Kids or whatever, or, like, Burger King or whoever had their, like, kids clubs in the 90s. Remember all the different, like, kids clubs, Mm -hmm. all the different associations? Oh, yeah, Shit, yeah. I don't know why. I was never actually even really a member of them officially, but you could still, like, get cool shit from them in the mail. Or, and I just loved it so much to the f- point of actually getting, uh, well, Mike Pollock. He comes from um, the Fox Kids. He was the Fox Kids announcer. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the beginning of this episode, you, you, you heard the voice, uh, you're listening to the Candare podcast. Well, that was the same voice on those uh, after school cartoons, so mm-hmm. you're lis- you're watching Fox Kids and the just your narrator for the four hour block, and I don't know, it was just so much fun. It's one of my best memories through the '90s growing up, where the after school blocks of cartoons and the kids clubs and shit like that. I your blank stares lead me to believe I'm alone here. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, do you guys have anything like that growing up? Uh- not really. I'm like, as, as you're talking about it, I'm trying to sort of think, but I can't. I think like kids' TV now is a much bigger thing, like the, right. the BBC kids' channels and that. Um, it really wasn't. I mean, obviously, you had, you know, you had your big Saturday morning shows and so forth, but there wasn't like wall to wall kids tv it's it's really a much as a as a kid you're in certainly in the uk in a much better time for it now in terms of the, the sort of volume of stuff there is now sure so uh, so yeah i have uh, no empathy with that whatsoever jeremy <laughs> for uh here in the states talking about wall to wall tv um i remember when cartoon network was, was released here um it's just cartoons all the time and little like I think I was probably about six at the time. It just blew my mind. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always, yeah, definitely right. Anytime you turn on TV, you can always find cartoons if that's what you want to watch. 
But and that's just what made those uh, those three hour blocks so special because you had to either have the VCR set or you make sure your ass was in front of that TV right. to catch your cartoons or else. You're not going to see them again till tomorrow after school. And those or, were the babysitters, pretty much that four-hour block. Most yeah. kids would get home from school. Yeah, cartoons until parents got home at five. I remember and, being so pissed when the bus driver would have to make an extra stop or pick up an extra <laughs> kid because you know that took time away from me getting in front of Batman the animated series oh, yeah. or yeah. Spider-Man or X-Men or any of those shows. And if I missed them, boy, especially Batman, boy, did I get mad. Yeah. Even a rerun. That was such a good show. <laughs> you guys remember Koosh Balls? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Big ball of <laughs> rubber bands for whatever the hell reason. And if you soak them in water, do you ever do that? Just put no. Them in water no. and let them absorb and then throw them at somebody? No. Whew. They'll hold water for a little bit and... <laughs> It hurts. Oh, <laughs> I might have to try that now. Yeah. <laughs> Implements of summer fun. <laughs> uh, along those same lines, uh, Toy Max re-released the Creepy Crawlers. You guys remember those? Those yeah. things were awesome. Yeah, I have one in the basement. The, the, the oven. The, the oven. Oh, yeah, the, the orange one with the green on it. I've got it. Yep, it's in the basement. I still have the box, too. Oh, in. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's in any kind of working order. I mean, I don't know if it would probably just be a light bulb yeah, replacement. Yeah, I think it's just 60 watt or something. About it. And then you'd have to find that, that goopy shit that you yeah. put in the molds. But And then try not to burn your hand off when you took them out. It's a miracle. <laughs> Even in the 90s, you know, they had that kind of shit in the 60s. And I would imagine that an Easy Bake Oven or a Creepy Crawler Machine claimed a house or two I in their to time. Have, I had to have, yeah. <laughs> And then when, uh, you know, I got mine in the 90s and plugged it in, you know, again, this is like a tiny plastic, thin as fuck plastic frame that, you know, <laughs> if this bulb was in any way out of whack, would easily melt this thing to the floor. It was so hot. And like, even as a small child, I'm like, this is a fire concern, you know, <laughs> just happen to put something maybe flammable in the tray and put it in there and just leave it. And being a kid, of course, you get sidetracked and forget oh, it. It's yeah. amazing to Next think how much know. fun I actually had with that thing, because looking at it now, it's just the simplest piece of crap. I mean, <laughs> you're just making little rubber. What? What insects the, I mean they had yeah. some where you could put like I had like a Power Ranger one they had like pencil had, topper ones I think too no I never had like. that I did see the ones that you could uh, like mold two halves and then stick them together yeah, and like have yeah. an action figure but no I just used them to scare my mother from what I remember I mean I would we had an open loft into the living room and I would make big spiders and <laughs> dangle them on a fishing line down in their faces <laughs> and get so get them pissed and get myself in trouble but that's that's why it was fun. Going back to video games, kind of video game-ish, the Tamagotchi pets. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. I I, I thought that's how Pokemon had originated, but it wasn't. It, it definitely was its own thing. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, so in were Japan you, they had, like, capsule monsters, I think, which were, like, you know, like, how have, we have, like, the little, like, you put a quarter in and it pops out and there's, like, a guy inside of it. Mm -hmm. You know, you see them at convenience yeah. stores. They had something like that, and I think that's where that kind of originated mm. from. Yeah, you just have to feed and walk and take care of your little pet, and it'll die if you don't, right? Yeah, yep. forget about it. And yeah. <laughs> you, you think anyone out there like formed any kind of emotional bond with their little oh, Tamagotchi so, pet? Especially little kids. And like to this day is like still replacing the batteries. And <laughs> Who knows? That thing's still alive. <laughs> no way. Try to bring that ghost back in a seance. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, it just comes back in like a digital calculator or something. Like the displays on those things were so horrible, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still, there's still some stuff like this because my girlfriend's into this like factory game, uh, which seems like it's like if you design a game, let's make it as inane as possible. You've got to kind of keep this factory going, and if you like neglect it for too long, it'll all it'll all go to seed. And this this just baffles me. But uh, should, should be should be pleased to hear me slagging it off on on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but is this is that like a is it an app or is it like a yeah, little? It's an app, yeah. I see. And it's yeah. like because like she's not a big like phone person, but, but this thing keeps uh, getting uh, pulled out to uh, make sure that the you know the. Uh, the Japanese prisoner of war camp. It's not a Japanese prisoner of war camp. It's producing the uh, producing the goods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got little apps on my phone like that. I, the little Tamagotchi things, though, it's just with the little L, is that LED LCD LCD yeah. excuse me display on there, like the Tiger games used to have. Not even that good. It's so hard to watch. I don't yeah. see how you could. But at the same time, you know, when it's all you know, when it, that's the pinnacle of technology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was that was something new then. That was uh, innovative. Yeah. The only sound that came out of it was that high-pitched beep that, from, like, yep. digital watches that anytime the, someone with a, a digital watch alarm going off, you just wanted to wring their neck. And it was <laughs> just like a little, like, front-facing picture of, like, a dog or a cat just sitting there looking at you. Like, didn't even do yeah. it. Yeah, they, right? like, moved their arms or something. Maybe and... an ear would animate a little bit. Yeah. Still, that was about it, though. There's really nothing. Yeah. I got another one, guys. You guys uh, remember AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I remember my first Instant Messenger was uh, ICQ. Okay, okay. And... um Man, how incredible that was. I'd sit down at the computer and write a message to somebody, and then I'd just sit there and stare. Wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Spending so much time, like, figuring out the perfect screed name. Like, what makes me sound the most badass? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mine was uh, Metallicats. Nice. <laughs> there was this, uh, what was it, Garage Incorporated they did, where they did all the covers. Oh, yeah, yeah, When you yeah. opened up the CD sleeve in, uh, of that CD, there was, like, a thing where they were all kind of lined up, like the Temptations, wearing suits behind mics with their all their arms up the same way, and it said the Metallicats above it. That's that was awesome. pretty neat. But Remember the login sound for ICQ was that air horn. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the idea, the concept of uh, instant messenger doesn't necessarily mean the message is going to be instant. You know, (laughs) the name kind of misled me. So I would sit there just waiting. Like, okay, I see how this works. (laughs) You just kind of come back at your leisure. Uh, Sam, any uh, any other things from the 90s you wanted to mention? Well, I mean, we've got to touch on comics. We've got to touch on your uh, your Rob Liefeld, your Deadpool, your Cable. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> and they're at the speaking of pinnacle of popularity. I mean, have they ever been bigger than they are within the past year, year and a half? No, I mean, I think the the, the Deadpool thing is uh, why Deadpool has got to where it has. I think has some significant thing to do with what Joe Kelly brought to the character. I think he added um, different depth and levels to the character that I think you can see in the movie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Deadpool was a great character, but is, is a greater character now. Sure. Yeah. yeah, fleshed out. Speaking of comics in the 90s, you know, 
I it was the John Semper Spider animated series in the 90s that got me into reading comics. And when I got into reading my first Marvel comic, it was during the Clone Saga, which okay. is notoriously bad. Everyone hates the Clone mm-hmm. Saga. <laughs> and I, I get it. I see why. But, um, you know, just uh, on Free Comic Book Day a few days ago, I was in the basement and I, I bought some more issues from that saga because that's that's where I came in. So I guess that's why I'm kind of nostalgic for it. But, um, yeah, that's when I think 90s comics, that's exactly where my mind goes. That and uh, Onslaught takes Manhattan and all the channels and stuff. Mm. That was cool. The the Clone Sug is a funny thing, though, because it was, you know, very much, oh, let's pretend that never happened. And then they did (laughs) bring it back. Um, and and the, the clone conspiracy was a, a spidey thing from a few years ago, and it was it was it was decent. But then I, I I bought like all the clone saga, but it was you know Spider Man every week, and I was buying a lot of comics, so I didn't actually really read it. So I never did like the whole Ben Riley thing. So I thought I'd give it a go with this new. There was a new Scarlet Spider series uh, with Peter David writing it. Uh, but as I understand it, this character, though it is Ben Riley, is not really that similar to the original Ben Riley. He's a kind of a bit of a sort of Deadpool guy, a bit crazy and shit. And uh, so I never really uh, experienced Ben Riley. Wasn't there a, like a whole uh, thing where Kane was kind of written out of the the story? Because I mean, wasn't there was Kane, and all of a sudden there wasn't, and there was this new Scarlet Spider. I don't remember the details exactly, but am I mis- mistaken? Well, it got convoluted, didn't it? Because I think the thing is, though it is remembered as like, ugh, um, or, or can be remembered as that, initially I don't think it was intended to be a, a great thing, but it, it caught on, so they, you know, blew it up. And, um, you know, at one point, Peter Parker wasn't actually the original Spider-Man. Ben Riley was, and they got right. switched in like Amazing Spidey 101 or something. Um, so I think it kind of got out of hand a bit. It's like, oh, this is popular. Let's make Ben Riley the the actual. You forget Peter Parker, that loser. And then um, yeah, I think it, they kind of lost control of the ship a bit. Now that's different from Spider-Man 2099, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. A lot of people had grievances with Ben Riley, and I get it. But you know what he ended up becoming—you know, the Scarlet Spider—I thought was a good character. And I don't think—I don't know. That's just me. I never got the blue. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some value in it, definitely. Yeah, they wouldn't have bought it back. As I say, that clone conspiracy was was a decent story. I think it's just keeping it. I mean, like the. And again, like of the same sort of era, we had the uh, maximum carnage, which. Uh, you know, crossed over until the spy title, and that got so big that again, it's like I, I've just never read them because there were so many of them, and I, mm. and I understood it. It wasn't great, um, but they're now doing absolute kind. I think it's called is the upcoming big Marvel event where it's yeah. like not Spider-Man. It's been carnage after everyone, um, and you know that could be good. It just needs to be a bit more constrained. I mean, what, what I took from without having read it just the impression i got i bought the comics i had a look at them the maximum carnage thing it it just seemed to be much much bigger than it needed to be and if it had been you know a small six issue mini series it could have been you know a good kick-ass event but it became a sprawling thing no i agree well i i still miss comics of the era i really do like when when i go to the comic book store i bypass what's out nowadays for the most part i mean i'll look at uh 
sometimes the IDW wall. I don't know. Just like your big two always seem to let me down. The stories are so mm-hmm. shallow, yeah. and you just spent four dollars for it. Where you can go in the basement, get those old '80s, '90s comics for a dollar each, and they have you know they've got story in them. I don't know. That's just good me. stories too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. thought out stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not like stringing you along. Like you know, eight pages of just not really much going on in a couple chat bubbles Mm -hmm. that at the end you're like I didn't really read anything just now (laughs) I got a stack of free comic books uh, from free comic book day you know and uh, mind you obviously some of them are a little bit shorter because they're free but one of them was still I'm not even going to say its name because I don't want to like throw any shade on anyone but one of them was like 15 16 pages and I stood right here, I picked it up and was like leafing through it, finishing it that quick. I took literally nothing from it, like two or three things happened. Mm-hmm. So had I bought a book like that, I'd been pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> been yeah. pretty pissed. And I have, I've like been that. in that book before, where I yeah. come home with a $5 book and you're just kind of watching sound effects happen, not reading too much. <laughs> and the takeaway is nothing comparable to an old comic book. I don't know. Just me. Ends up being a zero, and it's just a big cliffhanger that you're like, well, I don't even know if I want to keep going with this. Yeah, so. right. All right, a couple quick things here before we move on. Did I just wanted to mention movies being a big um, field that we should mention. Jurassic Park, Titanic, uh, Armageddon. Three. Austin Powers. Austin Powers, holy shit. Um, Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I know this is probably going to get a little backlash, but the, uh, the remastered and re-released Star Wars... Um, mm-hmm. Remember seeing that in the theaters with my yeah. dad? Yeah, oh yeah, same. That was a big, uh, big deal. I mean, aside yeah, from Jedi, I've seen them all in theaters. Okay. Yep. And the mistake I, I made with with that was like, um, obviously there wasn't a, a great deal added to it, and we watched like we watched it on I, I guess I don't know if it was video or DVD, just like right we watched Star Wars right before we then went to see it, and. As much as I love Star Wars, I'm not someone that, that wants to see things, you know, over and over and over and over again. So, like, having just watched it before, you know, it was built up. Star Wars is coming back. They've added, now we've added Jabba the Heart and all this. And it was just, it was, for me, painful to get through having just watched it. But that was just my personal experience. I've no nothing. Well, uh, the, the, the explosion of the Death Star seemed to, like, unnecessarily over the top with what they'd added to it. I don't think the the enhancements necessarily added all that much. No. But uh, but it was good. It was good to have them back on the cinema. So I made that mistake with Star Wars watching it right before we were going to see it, but I didn't with the other two. And that was, yeah, that was great to, to see me in the cinema. I enjoyed when they put those things in when they weren't the focal point. Like, right. you know, when there are two people, say, having dialogue on screen and maybe there's a CGI do-back in the background walking across that's maybe blurry that wasn't there before. That's cool. That's adding some depth. But, yeah, yeah when they were doing those scenes that were just focusing on a new scene, they were just forced. Like, even when we were kids, I'm like, well, that seemed kind of stupid. Why was that just there? Just like right? an extra cut scene in between transitions from different yeah. places. Yeah. The one that sticks out to me is, like, the uh, in the first, or the New Hope uh, with Job of the Hut and the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or in the Return of the Jedi when Jabba's band's playing, I think they extended it. And oh, they, they totally yeah. changed that whole act yeah. in there. Gave, yeah. Just to show off this uh, dancing blue alien, like, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? But anyway, all right. Well, gentlemen, let me tell you something. This uh, Orbit's here and this uh, and Austin Powers films that you brought up, I think, have something in common. They did not age well. Oh, boy. <laughs> so... 
let's 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 get to this little game here and uh, see who see who wins. All right, I don't even know how to do this. Just I guess should we flip a coin? See who goes first. Rock paper scissors, Jack. Okay, do it, and then we'll see who goes first in the battle of the. There we are. Uh, Jack paper wins. covers rock. All right. All right. So I'm going to give you a name, and you have to tell me if it's the actual name or a fictional name of a 90s uh, grunge band, alternative grunge band. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Name number one Buttcrack Carnage. No. You are correct. <laughs> the heck where that. Who? who? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Randy, Bone Love Mother. True. I'm afraid not, sir. That is incorrect. Oh, uh, the the actual bone? name is Mother oh, Okay, I was going to yes. say, wait a minute. Damn it. <laughs> Back over to you, Jack. The name of this band is Dickless. <laughs> no. Sorry, that is correct. That, that, Serious? That, that's a real band name, yes. That is a real band name. The hell did they sing? <laughs> so I don't know. I just looked up 90s bands <laughs> with obscure names. I'd like to hear their rejected names before they decided on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that had to be one entertaining list. <laughs> All right, Randy. Dandelion. Mm. Doesn't sound very grungy, so I'm going to say false. It was real. <sighs> it's real, Damn dude. It. <laughs> I hope you've got a good stomach, oh, Randy. Shit. No, the Goo Goo Dolls' first name was the Fuck Buckets. Really? They realized that they couldn't use that on a marquee to go Fuck anywhere, but yeah. Come on, guys. I was listening to Eiffel 65 and Creed. Come on. <laughs> oh, Creed. I hated Creed. I wouldn't piss on Creed. I liked them when fire. they first came out, and then all of a sudden they got preachy. And, yeah. Well, their first album had a couple good songs. Yeah. Yeah. After that. <laughs> okay, Jack, we're back to you. What's the score? Uh, Jack has one. So he's ahead of you. <laughs> he's not drinking the orbits as of yet. Shit. <laughs> All right, uh, Jack. Dog butt. That's a band name? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess. You tell me. <laughs> no? You got it right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's cat butt is the real, the oh, real name. Oh, man. All right, and then Randy. My Sister's Machine. Was this a real band name or no? Oh, Jesus. Um... I got a 50-50 chance, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say true. That is true. You got one. Yay. But I'm afraid it's not enough because that's all the questions we have. Jack has two. <laughs> you have one. <laughs> get to chugging that gross uh, shit. Did we get a picture of this? Let me get a picture of this really quick here. You want to get a video, Jack? Yeah, I'm going to firing up the old video recorder. Oh, my right God. Now. I can't believe you're drinking this shit. Jesus Christ. Uh, Sam, are you familiar with Orbits? Uh, not, not, I mean, you painted a pretty vivid picture. <laughs> yeah, so for the listeners that don't know. I've, it, got, I've got a sense of it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it, sound like something to have at dinner parties. It literally looks like a bottle of gel deodorant that's like. Right. Yeah. Mm. And the little balls inside are a slightly off white. Yeah. Uh, Licking your lips yet, Sam? Oh, oh, absolutely. All right. Little balls of butter floating around. In uh, yeah, we're just, we're just going to say they're butter here. Man, I, Jack, come over on this side of him so you don't get the... All right. Oh, you're getting too close to me to be drinking that <laughs> shit. I'm just going to go to the right here. 
Uh, Here's the loser drinking the bottle of Orbitz. Dude, there's four flavors on this. It's pineapple, banana, cherry, coconut. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. All right, here we go. It's, it's, it's room temperature. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> the fizz has worn out since the 90s, I guess. Oh, man, just smell that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. It smells like a bottle of suntan lotion. Yeah, that's... Hey, go ahead and spill it so I don't have to drink it. No, don't spill that oh shit. Oh, my God, it does smell like suntan. Uh, you'll never get that smell out of the carpet if you spill it. <sighs> All right. Oh, my God. I want to vomit just watching you. Oh, the taste isn't horrible, but you get that. Oh, my God. Oh, those balls, man. That. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the tagline. Ironically, this wasn't the first time Randy said this line. All right, here you we go. Balls in your mouth before? <laughs> oh my god oh my god he's down in that shit oh my god oh oh that was vile oh man oh, oh. didn't want to fight back <laughs> it's it's it, it, is it staying down the flavor is it... isn't bad it's the feeling of those balls hitting the back of your throat <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> yeah alright well thank you for that oh. good job Randy uh, if I die halfway through this I blame you guys <laughs> if you throw up halfway through this try to spew back into the bottle just not on me or the desk or the mic oh man would be appreciated somewhere in the rest of the episode you're just gonna hear <laughs> 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 I gotta go to the bathroom, guys. I don't feel so good. <laughs> I'll see you in a minute. Oh my god! How did you believe. like eating those balls, Randy? Well, they have a very unique flavor, Jeremy. I'm sure they do. I'm sure Are they, they salty do. at all. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Let's move on before I actually vomit here. <laughs> Let's swing open the door to the comic vault. Uh, we only have a couple things here to talk about this week. Uh, Randy, did you want to go first with your 007 and see if you can hold down your orbit during your uh, discussion? <laughs> yeah, so I've got a, uh, a James Bond 007 from Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a story. It's kind of like you were saying earlier. It's like halfway through a story. Um, basically, it's just James Bond trying to track down another agent with a couple other uh, secret agents with him. I think it's following like the the new continuity because uh, Money Penny is drawn as she was in the latest revision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's not a bad read. Let me see. Can you mind? Yeah, is that absolutely. A Roger Moore or. Uh... Uh, it's almost drawn like the classic James Bond, like how he was depicted. Well, I don't know. Who would you say that looks like? I, I don't see any resemblance to any past Bonds, personally. Yeah, not really. And I, I, I hope they weren't going for resemblance, otherwise I just <laughs> shattered yeah. someone's confidence. I thought it was like a, a cross between Roger Moore and what was his name? Not Timothy the newest guy. Yeah, maybe some of him. And who was after? Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Kind of a cross between those two, I think. Three. This is a gorgeous comic, though. Yeah, the, the looks cool. artwork is awesome in it. Very good. James Bond 007. That's Ian Fleming. So I'm going to have to look him up. Very good. I think that's the creator of 007. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think. Well, what an ignorant thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, the comic I have, uh, where is it? Here it is. Picked up on Free Comic Book Day, and I had to pick this up. It's a Source Point Press title. Mm-hmm. You know, in our in our past, we've had plenty of them on the show, and uh, they're always good. And this one is done by Dirk Manning, which, as long as we've been doing this show, has kind of been like the local comic celeb down at the comic book yeah, store he here. Uh, he's typically at all the signing events, and really nice guy, really cool guy. He does I can't remember the name of the books, uh, like Tales of Mystery. Of Nightmare or something like that. Was it Mystery? or Mystery, yeah. Okay. Those were really good. Yeah. So when I heard that he had his uh, new book out called uh, Hope, I wanted to check it out. Dirk Manning and uh, Kaylin Smith do it. This was a generous book to get for a free comic book day because typically, again, you're only getting like a quarter or half of a story to get you hooked into buying it. This was the full story. Nice. And I uh, know nothing about her. It just kind of starts with her... Let's see, she's in the vehicle with her husband and her daughter in the back seat. And the husband is just going on a rant about how in the past five years, you know, these enhanced people have come forward, made themselves known. Kind of, I guess, kind of in the same, we were fat talking on what if super hero, superpowers existed, you mm-hmm. know, kind of how the world would start to change if people start demonstrating such powers. He's kind of bitching about those changes coming into effect in these past five years. And while he's complaining and uh, bitching about it, he's not paying attention to the road and goes head in, head forward into a semi, oh. head on with a semi. And uh, you see the daughter, you know, go flying through the air. She's not wearing your seatbelt. And you see the mom close her eyes. And when she's opening, when she opens her eyes, she's holding her daughter, but she's hovering in the air above the car in the semi. Oh. They look down and they can see the dad's like face buried in the steering wheel like he's dead. You realize in that moment you're you're looking at hope. This is the character hope, but you're you're not watching just her her fanfare or her taking down her villain. You're just seeing what comes after that. After on the way home from such an event, what happens in their normal lives? In the height of this emergency, she's like, "Get help! Why is nobody getting help?" And everyone's kind of looking at her like, "Well, you're the enhanced. You're flying." You're the help, you know? Hmm. So she reaches down, picks up her car, and just flies it to the hospital with her husband in it. Says he's unconscious. Help. And uh, I actually... He wasn't dead. He's just in a coma, but, you know, clinging to life. And the doctor starts to tell her, you know, I hope you realize what you're leaving this hospital going into. The life you came from will never be the same. You came out of your vehicle and flew your vehicle to the hospital out of your disguise. The world knows... You are this person now. You will never have privacy again. You will never have this again. Things you don't think about, I guess, with uh, other superheroes. It was just a really fun read. I'm going to stop there. Uh, It gets a little more interesting. There is a hook to keep you coming back. But um, I don't know. I was happy not to see just some cliche super super girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You see those. You do see them out there. Like a quick gimmick. And this is totally not what I was expecting. Uh, Seeing the other side of the coin of the superhero life. So I strongly recommend checking that out. It's called Hope, again, by Dirk Manning and uh, Kaylin Smith on Source Point Press. Nice. All right. And with that, there's another... Girl, we've got to talk about another good superhero girl that I'm really into. And I'm really into the series Geek Girl, brought to us again by our guest here, Sam Johnson. Sam, I want to thank you again for being here and um, again for letting us look at Geek Girl. I was uh, just talking to Brooke before uh, we got on the show, before you guys even got here, about Geek Girl. And uh, one thing that I've loved, at least that you know we had seen up till issue three, was kind of the comics starting to follow more so the moniker than... 
uh, Ruby Sue. Like she had been knocked unconscious and the glasses went to her friend Summer. And then for a short period of time, she'd taken on the mantle of Geek Girl. But it looks like it's gone much farther past that. Sam, I'll let you take it up from here. Yeah, so uh, what happened, I mean, for those that aren't familiar with Geek Girl, the, the, the setup is Ruby Kay, a hot popular college chick, uh, lands these pair of Super Tech glasses. Uh, the initial impact of this is they make her super klutzy. She's trying to show them off to her friends, her two cool for school click, and it kind of alienates them, with the exception of Summer. Summer actually comes up with the idea of her using the, the, the power she now has to be a super which is obviously something we'd be familiar with, but in Ruby's world is, is not something that would naturally have occurred to her. So she kind of stepped up. She became this superhero. Geek Girl was a, a name given to her, like, throwaway jokingly by someone because of, like, her klutzy actions, spilling drinks over her friends when she's trying to demonstrate her super strength. But, yeah, Ruby stepped up, grew as a person uh, from a sort of shallow beginnings to being, you know, a, a hero and, and stop this uh, villain lightning storm who'd come from nowhere and was trashing where they live in Maine. Uh, Ruby took her down but ended up in a coma. So Summer filled in for her while uh, while she was in a coma, uh, which is, I think, uh, well, I don't know how far you've got beyond that point because Ruby is back and uh, what this... Uh, the, the actual speaking of free comic book day, there's a, there was a free comic book day digital, uh, which which obviously came out to, for the day, and that is setting up a new direction, where this this guy Johnny Carlyle, who seems to be a slightly dubious morality, is uh, is kind of it's, it's difficult to know what his motivations are, but basically he's bought Ruby. Uh, together with some other people to form a, a, a thing called the K Foundation, of, named after her, Ruby K. And the first thing that the K Foundation is going to be doing is is uh, introducing a brand new super team headed by Geek Girl. However, for those that uh, know the series, know I like to keep it unpredictable. So what you might expect from that setup is not what's going to be coming. I love how in the first four issues you've already established, have the good establishment of a universe. You know, typically it takes a lot more to build that up. But just the simple fact, you know, in one issue, her friend takes on the glasses. I mean, that can imply so much. Now you're saying the the formation of a super team uh, led by Ruby. That's going to be incredible to see. And, and, uh, you know, just paves the way for even more characters to come into the uh, light. Yeah, I mean, one one thing that I've got going on at the moment is because basically um, during the course we had a we had a mini series, uh, and then the the second series, which is the the, the thing where Summer um, takes on the costume, became we had a Kickstarter running, and I part of the intention with that was to build it up build the audience up enough that we could justify it going ongoing, which we did. So now it's it's ongoing. So what's what's coming out in the next Kickstarter, which is May 29th, is, is the four issue, the collection of the Crime War arc, where you have Summer in costume uh, initially. And then the next issue, where this, this whole thing kicks in with Johnny Carlyle and the Super Team. And what's great about having now been able to get it into a, a state of ongoing is that I had loads of ideas, a lot of which have come from, I, I often reference uh, Grant Morrison's run on, on Doom Patrol as, uh, as my biggest influence, so you know the, how out there that was and, and for, I don't know if any of you are watching the, the TV show, because a lot of that is 
is in there in the Doom Patrol TV show. Um, and it's just a, one of my favourite car- comics. And it's, as I say, it's an influence in terms of bringing the weird, uh, such as my character, Carveracini, voodoo junkie, hit woman, who's going to come into it. So I've had a lot of uh, sort of weirder ideas that I've, I've developed that I've been waiting to bring to my comics. And now with it ongoing and this new setup, because Johnny Carlyle was actually created some time ago. Um, and uh, yeah, that's I'm, I'm really excited to be to be doing this now. Uh, so things are going to get weirder and, and bigger, and uh, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, journey for, for Ruby. And, and you know, summer is summer is still very much along from the ride, as you can see in the in the free digital preview comment. Right, which made me want to ask, and maybe this is just giving too much away, but I hear a lot of reference of Neon Girl too. Is this is Summer's new alias by chance? Uh, Neon Girl is like the that was kind of the catalyst in the first mini series. Was Lightning Neon Girl is like the resident long term superheroine of, of where they live in Maine, and Lightning Storm took her down. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, and, and Ruby was, was there, and Ruby took her to hospital, and, and Neon Girl was like, I'm going out of action for a while. You need to stop that bitch. Uh, so she then took off Pit, took out Pitbull, uh, who's the, the big resident superhero of Maine. So it very much put uh, the onus on, on Ruby, a.k.a. Geek Girl, to, to step up, uh, which, she, which she met. You know, she did step up, but she got put in a coma, so... Now she's uh, out of it. Uh, she's a little bit. Um, she's a, she's kind of of a view that she's doing this temporarily. I mean, the situation with the coma was she missed. She's a, a, a PR student at uh, a college, and she while doing that, it's missed the semester, so it's got to retake that. All her parents' money kind of went on her medical bills. So the incentive of, of doing this this thing with Johnny Carlisle is, is the pay so she can get back to college. So the idea is that this is just a temporary thing for her. I mean, she, you know, she nearly died. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's shook her. Now, that free sampler that you guys uh, you gave out for Free Comic Book Day, I noticed there were a few different titles in it, one of them being Crime War and then just another School's Out. So, I mean, how do these play in individual issues? Is that how the whole is that just what issue four is going to look like? Like, have subtitles within it, or were these just pieces from multiple comics? Well, it's what it is is the, as I say, the, the arc involving summer that we talked about is the first four issues of the ongoing series, and uh, scores out is issue five, beginning a new thing. So the Kickstarter, which which is May 29th, is going to have the, the trade paperback for the first time of the Crime War art, which is issues one to four, and then scores out is the is the story title of issue five. So that it, it it's, it's kind of cool doing it like that because it's it's good for new readers if you want to come in with you know the trade paperback and but if you've already got those individual issues then you can come on for issue five and that's i think the way to do it for um, many people getting on the trade mm-hmm. I, I love having a trade personally you get that first issue and then you get to the end you're hooked you're like son of a bitch i gotta wait another month at least <laughs> but uh yeah i love having the trade that's yeah a- and I, I mean i don't know if you've read issue four but it's it's a, i'm very pleased with the the i mean issue 
the first series, first miniseries ended up cliffhanger, but this, this is as a real in issue four. There's a thing that like you, you I guarantee no one sees coming, and thankfully, because um, issue four came out uh, in January, and no one that I'm aware of has spoiled it. So I was very conscious, uh, like even in um, the way we set up that four issue miniseries in terms of leaving it ambiguous. Um, whether Ruby would be coming back to the role of Geek Girl, I was very conscious of what was going on the covers. So yeah, there's a there's a thing in issue four that uh, is quite a for me jaw dropping, and uh, yeah, as I'm, as far as I'm aware, no one has you know it's been had a it got great reviews issue four, and uh, none of these reviews gave away this, so that's pretty cool. Nice, yeah, it must be a pretty original uh, ending if no one can predict it. Mm-hmm. But I love that kind of stuff. That's good writing. And uh, I would be directing people to uh, geekgirlcomics.com to uh, catch up on this. Is there anywhere else, uh, Sam, they should be directed to? Yeah, uh, well, the Facebook group, uh, Geek Girl, you know, it's always geek-girl because there's, there's there's actually a book called Geek Girl, which is completely unrelated. I came up with the name first. Googling it, get that. And, and also, if you get, because all the issues are available on Comixology of, of the two series, but if, you've got to get that hyphen in. But, um, yeah, the Facebook group, but also we're running a, and this, this isn't up at the website yet because this was initially done as a free comic book day tie-in and, and, and but it possibly by the time this show goes out it will be up at geekgirlcomics.com we're running this giveaway uh to a viral giveaway tying in with what i said about doom patrol because doom patrol is coming back with a new series in july and as i say it's my my, my greatest influence so we're kind of tying the two together and you can win um well first off everyone that enters the contest gets the digital free comic book day geek girl so you get that that's brand new and and uh, you, yeah you get that you don't have to win it you just get it by entering um but there's there's a chance to win uh limited geek girl variants and also the the brand new doom patrol comic that comes out in july and also the grant morrison uh thing that there's a a sort of giant size trade paperback of grant morrison's weird ass run on doom patrol and it's got the first 25 issues of it so that's that's a a really i mean this is honestly one of my favorite runs ever so that is a that is a really for me that's a great uh, great win if you get that and so yeah, you're a winner just for entering. I mean, just entering, you get a digital copy of the comic. I mean, who's doing that? You can't beat that. You can't beat it, Jeremy. You really can't. You really can't. So yeah, again, uh, that's through the Facebook groups, or where do they go to do that again? GeekGirlComics.com. Okay. I mean, as I say, this weekend um, I've been completely focused on promoting the, the the free digital comic for free comic book day. But hopefully, by the time this goes out, GeekGirlComics.com, this this giveaway will be will be quite uh, prevalent. And you'll, you'll once you go on the site, you'll see it. You can enter it and uh, get the free one and, and get the chance of winning the the, the limited variants and the Doom Patrol stuff. Awesome. And then we'll just put links to that on our social media and That's on our uh, Facebook cool. and on our uh, website, all the places that be, and help you get the word out. You've got a good comic here, Sam. Thank you so much uh, for being back with us. Thank you for having me. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candarepodcast.com where you can check out some of our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, check out some of our YouTube videos, click the merch button and become a patron. And follow the link to Wizard World. If you're going to buy tickets, use Candare as the promo code. Get 10% off. 
There it is. And don't forget to check out our other show, uh, What If. You can go to whatifpod.com, check out the show there, uh, past episodes, or you can find us on your podcast player of choice. Uh, if you do search What If, we're the one with the yellow text and blue background. But if you search Candair Productions, you'll get both this and that show mm. by themselves. That's the way to do it, I think. So, And what we're going to do really quick is we're going to have Randy read a few of these uh, reviews from our iTunes location, I guess, our yep. Apple podcast yep. location to stay true to what we said at the top of the episode. So what do we have, Randy? All right. The first uh, review is a five star from Psycho5. Uh, she says... Oh, he or she says, uh, first podcast, uh, absolutely love this podcast. Great for listening to when I'm driving to work or working on designs at home. Uh, love the talk of the comics and different forms of art and pop culture. Wow, that's a lengthy review. From an artiste, it sounds like. Yeah. By the name of Psycho. I mean, perfect. Yeah. I'll take <laughs> it. audience. Thank I you. will take it. <laughs> All right. So the next uh, review I want to read is from Cassie4202. Uh, five star. Uh, great show. Love this show. Great podcast to listen to on long road trips. Uh, if you're into comics or nerd culture, this is the podcast for you. Stop reading and start downloading the episodes now. And that's from Cassie with Saturdays with Chicken Duck. Oh, very nice. I'm glad they did that. So Awesome. So, yeah, if you uh, also want to leave us a review, we'll be reading it uh, as soon as we see it right here on the show. Give me that shout-out. Yeah, yeah, who doesn't like a good shout-out? And speaking of which, um, guys, I don't know if you saw over the past week, because I hadn't discussed it with you guys, but we got a really nice tweet so we got a, uh, a uh, some feedback. We were just tagged in on uh, Twitter from uh, Monica NG, and I'm not sure what her project was. I, we have talked about their comic in the past, and they left us... Well, they didn't even leave us. They just put a tweet out there saying, I hate to admit this, but this podcast review saved me from giving up when I was living in Ireland last year. And then it has a link to an episode we did where we talk about them. Hmm. And uh, it says, so remember, if you like the work of an artist, writer, a creator, tell them. Comment, share, always. You can make a difference. I thought that was really sweet. That's awesome. Nice shout out of them to do. That's a pretty powerful thing we did, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pat ourselves yeah. on the collective <laughs> shoulder right now. absolutely not involved whatsoever. <laughs> well, I just think it's, uh, it's, it's one, awesome. It, it, it really nice to hear something like that. But two, yeah, it is. It uh, makes me feel validated with the, with the comic vault. You know, yeah. talking about people's mm-hmm. comics, we find I, it, it, it does make a little bit of a difference, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Anything else, gentlemen, before we uh, stop stroking ourselves here? <laughs> We're basically superheroes. <laughs> We're pretty awesome. Yep. I think I think Sam's already hung up, actually. Yeah. But... <laughs> right. so, I'm still <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I have a nasty aftertaste in my mouth. I bet mm. you. <laughs> mm. Randy Hardenbrook. I'm Sam Johnson. Thanks for listening, everyone. Everyone watch me! I'll never learn to jet ski. And yet you keep trying. Scarlet! That's like your sixth try. You obviously don't have any talent. Have you thought of giving up? 
Maybe I should just try again. Maybe you should try listening to Canned Air Podcast. Well, at least now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Sorry it took me so long to get back to you. That's okay. That's okay. Got a lot of shit going on. Well, haven't we all, Jeremy? Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the only one yeah, doing anything. That's true. That's true. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.